send for the women. The women who will pray. The women who have talents, gifts, and resources. To do serious damage to demonic agendas. Send for the women. The women who will mourn. The women who haven't allowed bitterness and hate. To turn them into mere mannequins. The women who aren't so downtrodden. That they've forgotten how to feel. Send for the women who still have the ability to feel and cry. So they might wail against what the devil is doing. Send for the women who will weep and wail. The women who will mourn in sackcloth and ashes. Send for the women. The women who will wake up, everyone around them, calling out, the devil is destroying us. Death is on its way. Send for the women who will be God's warning shout to his people, his alarm system, his tornado signal, his air raid siren. The women who God will use to warn his people of the impending consequences of sin. Send for the women who have a God-given destiny to destroy the power of Satan over God's people by waking them up and calling them to a morning of repentance. Women who would teach their daughters to weep against sin and the assault of the devil. Send for the women. Women who have a destiny to open their mouth and cry against the evil that the devil has put upon God's people. Women who have ideas to be voiced, energy to be released, abilities to be exercised, power to be loosed, spiritual gifts to be expressed, prayers to be prayed. Send for the women who look toward the future. To what they can be, what they can do, what they can say, what they can pray, what they can possess that will bring glory to God. Defeat the devil and see a nation saved. Send for the women. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Busy Believer podcast. This series is the ancient wisdom unveiled. And what is that? The full armor of God. Hey, this week we are on the belt of truth. Interesting, interesting study in this one. You say, why the belt of truth? Why bring the belt into all of this? And you know, like, I have been doing this series starting from the helmet. Now, Paul, when he addressed this armor of God, he started out, his first piece of the armor was the belt of truth. And just so that I kept on task, I started from the head to the toes, all right? But the belt of truth, uh, the way Paul explained it, it was the first piece of the armor. And he mentions that in Ephesians 6.14. What does the belt of truth represent? And we're going to get into this today. And one of the things that it represents is the importance of living a life of honesty, integrity, and sincerity. We have to be grounded in the truth of God's word in order to be able to do that. We can't do it just out there on our own. I mean, look at the chaos that is in the world today. We don't even know up from down, right from wrong. Wrong is right these days and, and right is wrong. We have a mass confusion about gender and, and it's, we seriously need this belt of truth, right? You know, and as Christians, we are called to live lives of truth and honesty We have to be reflecting the character of Christ himself. Jesus said in John 14, 6, when the disciples, they were talking to him and and the Lord tells them, hey, 
you know, don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in me. Um, and he's talking about my father's house, his many rooms. And he's, it's not mansions. It's, it's, there's rooms. And so he's taught, Jesus is talking to the disciples about leaving. And he's going to go prepare that place for all of us. And then Jesus tells him, he's like, hey, if I go and prepare a place for you, I'm going to come back and I'm going to take you with you, take, take you guys with me. And then he tells him, he says, like, you, you know the way to the place where I'm going. But Thomas, the doubter, he comes to him and he says, Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? And here it is, guys. Jesus answers, answers in John 14, 6. And he says, I am the way. I am the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So see, Jesus right there is emphasizing the importance of truth as a central aspect of the Christian faith. See, wearing the belt of truth means that we have to be committed to seeking and living in the truth of God's word. It's the thing that divides us from the world. One of the things that divides us. Even when it may be difficult or unpopular, you know, it's, it's being true because God sees our heart, our intent, our thoughts, he knows what we were going to do before we even do them. He knew us before we were even born. He ordered our steps before our steps could even be taken. So it only means that if we are going to choose Christ, we have to wear this belt of truth. We have to live a life worthy of the calling. Being truthful. It means that we are committed to seeking and living in that truth. It also means that we are we are committed to living with integrity and honesty in all areas of our lives. See, it's it's reflecting that character of Christ to the world around us. And by doing that, we can be confident in our spiritual standing and at the same time it only makes sense that we could be better equipped to withstand the attacks of the enemy. I would often tease some of my subscribers on Patreon. It was like, so if no one is coming, you know, that oncoming traffic, and if nobody is behind me, do I still have to put my blinker on if I'm going to turn, even though nobody can see me? Right there, yes, we have to put our blinker on because, see, God sees everything. And that's not being truthful and honest to say, hey, I'm making that turn. Even though nobody's around, it's still living the life of being a true Christian, living lives of truth and honesty, even when no one is there seeing it, even when it's difficult, even when it's unpopular. Doing our best to present ourselves to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. What scripture am I saying right there? You got it right. 
2 Timothy 2.15, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved. So yes, it's important to do things right, even when no one's around, even when oncoming traffic is, is coming your way, even when there's nobody behind you. It is still living righteously before the Lord in truth. So there's like, as I looked into all of this, this belt of truth, I found out that there are at least a hundred verses across the Bible from new to old that discusses truth. It's pretty important to the Lord if he mentions it just twice, but for him to mention it a hundred times, if God spent that amount of time on a subject, don't you think we better heed the lesson of truth to the Lord? I mean, isn't interesting? Satan becomes the father of all lies, but Jesus is the father of all truth. So what, what was the belt used for in the Roman army? Does anybody know? It was known as the, and I'm going to try to pronounce this, guys, so if I screw it all up, bear with me. It's known as, there's a Greek word, it's known as the cingulum or belteus. And so, yeah, if I mess that one up, I apologize. <laughs> but it played uh, a crucial role in the effectiveness of a soldier's army. Now, Speaking from experience as a vet, we would have what, um, now back in my days, and I'm sure that the soldiers today um, probably don't even use this. They've probably upgraded. But we had a belt that was called an LBE belt. And that belt, it held like everything. I mean, we would put our water canteens on it, our ammo patches on it. Um, you, you could hook anything on, on this thing. And it even had shoulder straps that we could hook on there. And then on those shoulder straps, we could carry our, our, um, gauze pads. We could carry our, our, what was it? Atropine thing that, you know, I can't even remember the term guys. If we went down. And you would have to shoot this straight into your heart. Some of you guys that are still vets are listening listening to me. Help me out here. What's the name of that? We had our little first aid kit that we'd put on there. We'd have our earplugs. I mean, you could hang so many things on this. And it, it, it was something that helped us carry all of our gear, all of our necessities, things that were important to be able to help us in battle, help, aid, protect. So see... Even if we go back to the Roman army, it was the same belt that held the scabbard, without which there would be no place to even put their sword. They had to be able to hook it on something. And then on top of that, I mean, it's the same concept, you know, of how they carried everything. They carried the little pouch with their Roman coins in there and, and just so much stuff that they could put on there. Imagine, imagine like an overzealous soldier, fired up, charging out there into battle without his belt. What do you think would happen? Consequently, he would be without a weapon, right? Because there would be no, without that belt, he, he wouldn't be able to hook that scabbard up to be able to 
put his sword in and carry it with him. He would literally have to be walking around with a sword in his hand. One hand on the sword, trying to lead his horse as he's sitting on his horse, holding the reins, trying to get to the battle, even if he was on a horse or if he was a foot soldier. See, I've looked this up in the, in the Nelson Study Bible. It says that from the belt hung strips of leather to protect the lower body. And we see that when we've watched movies about Roman soldiers. Or if you watch any type of biblical movies that have Roman soldiers in it. There's another one, the Matthew Henry commentary that says that the belt girds on or secures all other pieces of the armor. So it was it, everything connected, the hip bone connected to, you know, something like that. You know, truth should cleave to us the same way as a belt cleaves to our body. So what is truth? I mean, truth is so screwed up out there. How do we know right from wrong, wrong from right? What is truth out there as we try to discover who, what, when, where, why out there in the mess of the political mess? Who is telling the truth, guys? Well, let's see what John has to say. If you got your Bibles, look in John 17, 17. Interesting number, isn't it? <laughs> uh, for those that are knee-deep into following all of that, 1717. Interesting. All right. I use the NIV. Um, if you listen to me, you know I always say that I use the NIV. Whatever you use, stick with it. If it works for you, great. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? All right. Hopefully that gave you a little bit of time to get over there to John 1717. And it says, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Interesting. Sanctify them. What does sanctify mean, guys? Give me a definition of sanctify. Sanctify. Set apart, right? I had this in my notes. I was like, where is it? <laughs> Set apart or declared holy to consecrate, make legitimate, or binding by religious Sanction, free from sin, purify. God sanctifies my soul, right? So set apart, we're to be set apart by God's truth. His word is truth. When Jesus uh, prayed to the Father, when I think about this, doesn't he give a clear and straightforward definition of truth? It's God's word, right? And the word, the Bible, our Bible, was given by inspiration of God. See, in 2 Timothy, let's get over to 2 Timothy. And um, let's go to chapter 3, verse 16. It says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. See, the inspiration of God 
It literally means God breathed. If it's God breathed, then it's God's word. Which what did we learn about John seventeen seventeen? That God's word is truth, right? So see, he actively and fully inspired the Bible to reveal his truth to us. We just have to open our eyes, our ears, our hearts, our mind, and, and it will all become clear to us as we dig into the word of God daily. His promises, his commands, his words, they are all truth, guys. And it's plain and simple right there. I mean, when you think of it, think of it. After all, the Lord of hosts, Isaiah, says, The Lord of hosts has purposed, and who will annul it? Who can change it? Who can do anything? Whatever God sets out to do, it's going to come forth. Nobody can stop it. Hey everyone, I just wanted to take a quick minute and tell you about my page, Patreon. It's a platform for content creators like myself to earn an income based on the subscribers such as you yourselves. As a subscriber, you'll receive perks for supporting my content such as a shout out of your own website on my podcast. You can also be in the know to all of my pre-orders on my future book releases and special discounted prices on those books. So hey, please consider supporting me with a cup of coffee at www.patreon.com forward slash busy believer. And I'll be sure to put the link below in the description. Thanks again for listening. So see, then it goes on to say, like in Isaiah 14, 27, he says his hand is stretched out and who will turn it back? Who will stop it? Who will put that hand up and go, ah, no, you're not going to do that, God. See, if God says something, there is no force that can stop him from doing it. There is nobody that can stand before God and say, no, your plans will not come forth. Your plans will not seed into destiny. There's nobody that can stop it. So see, even the Lord knew everything that we're going through right now. He knew that before he even created the earth. He had a plan for all of this. So for us to worry about what's going on and what's true and what's not and deciphering all of that, God's word is true. He told us clearly that John 17, 17, your word is truth. Sanctify them by your truth. Set apart. And we have to do that. We can rest assured that God's plans will be done. So, what does this truth, what does this belt of truth have to do with all of this? Well, let's look up 1 Thessalonians 5.21. And that is... Oh, further, further up um, in your 
I believe it's right there it is right after Colossians guys in the New Testament all right let's go to first Thessalonians 5 verse 21 God says in first Thessalonians 5 21 but test them all hold on to what is good reject verse 22 reject every kind of evil let's go to verse 23 may God himself the God of peace sanctify you there's the set apart sanctify you through and through <clears throat> may your whole spirit soul and body <clears throat> excuse me be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it so see we have to test and it even goes like knee deep into testing prophecy you know everything that we are told from the pulpit to the prophet to teachers to even podcast with me anybody that we listen to we must line it up with the word of God because what does John 17 17 say his word is truth if we cannot line it up with the word of God when somebody is trying to teach us something guess what nick some guys if I don't line up with the word of God nicks me tell me it's not lining up and that's what we we're supposed to do as brothers and sisters in Christ to be able to teach each other to correct each other but oh no then people get into about judgment don't judge me don't do that no we are supposed to correct each other in love that's the difference all right so I'm not going to go way off into that one. Let's stick with the belt of truth right now, okay? So, we have to test all things. We have to hold fast to what is good. As Christians, we are to test everything, like I was just saying, and then hold on only to that which is good, the truth, to, to be able to weed out. You know, the enemy is is in sheep's clothing. It's a wolf in sheep's clothing at times. And so we have to be able to discern what is right, what is wrong, what is truth, what is God. See, remember, Satan was an angel of light at one time. He does know the word of God. And you're like, well, great. Now what do we do? If he knows scripture and he's telling us, then how do we know? Remember, as we went through the helmet of salvation in our very first week, and we talked about which voices are we to hear from, because there's God's voice, the Satan's voice, and then our voice. How do we know which is which? Satan will always condemn. Jesus will convict. We will always bring self-doubt. Well, I don't know if I should. Well, maybe I, I, I. It's the I concept. Satan also uh, uh, helps with those thoughts too. He begins to feed us things. So it is testing everything and discarding everything else. See, we are to be like the Bereans who search the scriptures daily. To find out whether these things were so. And we can, let's look this up. Acts 17. 
boy, this number 17 is coming up a lot, isn't it? <laughs> You're like, wow. <laughs> all right, so uh, I never noticed 17 until all this stuff went on, right? And, and just 17 popped up oh, so much. All right, Acts 17, 11. Paul and Silas uh, were, sent, were sent to Berea, all right? And the Berean Jews, verse 11. Now, the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica, for they received the message with great eagerness. They were eager for it. They were hungry for it. They desired it and examined the scriptures every day to see if Paul, what Paul said, was true. Great, the great Paul, the one that wrote majority of the New Testament. The Bereans were hungry and they looked after scripture daily to even check Paul. Nowadays, so many of us, and even I've been guilty at times, where we all show up in, in church, we don't even have our Bibles in hand. We have the Bible app on our phone. But we don't even have the word of God right there in front of us, even in God's household. How many of you are even in, in scripture daily to look it up, to read it, to hold each other accountable, to encourage each other with this truth? It is truth for you, but also truth for your friends and for your family. Are you in the word of God? See, if we're not convinced that even our principles, guys, and beliefs are, without exception, 100% like accurate and true, then how can we expect to accomplish any, anything? I have the hiccups. <laughs> how can we expect to accomplish anything if we are not even convinced of being 100% true? So let's look it up. Let's look up um, Proverbs. Let's look up um, chapter 3. And let's go to verse 3, guys. All right. It says, Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Let's go to verse, uh, let's read five and six. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Does it say like with part of your heart, with maybe just a little bit going, hmm, okay, maybe I'll listen. No, it says trust in the Lord with what? All your heart. And lean not on what? Your own understanding. Even though you don't get it. Even though it doesn't make sense. Even though God wants you to go walk into a 7-Eleven store and stand on your head. And it doesn't make sense type scenario. <laughs> don't lean on your own understanding. Because why? All of God's ways, his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than us. I mean, 
Are you able to put a whole body together from scratch? No recipe, no directions, no no nothing. How did God know how to put fingers on a hand? Why are why do we not have fingers coming out of our head? Why is our eyeballs not in the back of our head and our hair is parted in the back of our head? Why isn't like not one ear on top of our head or an ear on our chin? Why do we have five toes? Why do we have five fingers? Well, four fingers and a thumb. Why do we have a thumb? Why does the brain operate everything in our body and signals and shoots off signals to everything in our body? Could you come up with that? Could you do that? Could you could you whip out a chalkboard and say, this is how we're going to make man? How everything is going to work? Why is it that that ring finger goes all the way to the heart? Would you have thought of that? Why is it that um, every finger has a different fingerprint? You know, and it's just like, you we cannot lean on our own understanding because our own understanding is nothing compared to God's. So verse 6, it says, So because of that, in all your ways, submit to him. And he will make your path straight. Verse 7. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. You know, my boys were teenagers. And they would go out, you know, for the weekend. Mom, I want to go spend the night so-and-so's house. And I would let them go. And they'd pack all their stuff. And as soon as that mom would come up or their buddy was driving. And they would come pick them up. I would always tell the boys, and I knew about this verse, verse 7. And I used to always tell my boys when they would take off, do not be wise in your own eyes. And remember, and I would always add this one, (laughs) remember, I have a 24-7 babysitter, God above. And even though mom doesn't see you, God sees it all. And they're right, mom, I know, mom. I said, well, if it keeps you out of trouble, the fact that God sees it all, and I was willing to use my 24-7 free babysitter, right? Hey, whatever works, huh? (laughs) But I did. um, You know, we, we do. We have to trust in the Lord, even though we don't see it. It doesn't make sense. You know, Sometimes we get to that point in life where it's just like we're desperate for anything, right? We need to fix it. I don't know how to fix it. I'm willing to do anything. I'm willing to try. Well, if you're so willing to try, then Jesus says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your understanding. Lean on the one that knows it all. So, this belt, it encompasses the waist, right? Here's a question. Does our conviction to the truth encompass us? See, as we looked at Proverbs 3, truth must be bound around us, around our hearts. It has to be written on our hearts. Our conviction has to reach beyond and outward 
show. We have to be able to walk the talk. The belt used in the Roman armor, as we learned, provided a place for the soldier's sword, right? And what is our sword? The sword of the spirit. And it it needs a sheath as well. And our sheath is that is that truth. It's vital because like a Roman soldier's belt, it allows us to carry the sword of the spirit and to be able to use it effectively. So if we have this belt and it carries the sword of the spirit and we are to live truthfully in honesty and integrity and we're not supposed to lean on our own understanding and we're supposed to be set apart, right? Well, what are the dangers of not wearing the belt? What happens if we just don't armor up in the morning as so many of us forget to do? Well, let's look that up. Let's go over to Romans and it is Romans chapter 12. And we're going to go, I believe it's first, let me see. Yes, it's verse 2, guys. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So see, the world we live in teaches that truth is what we make it. If you think that the grass is purple, hey, if that's your truth, you go for it. If the world says that, well, I want to be a woman, even though I'm a guy, if that's what you believe, if that's your truth, then you're going to go do it, right? The good and bad are relative and and there's, there's no absolutes with the world. Only equally valid opinions. But see, the Bible teaches that truth is God's word, as we found out in John 17, 17, right? And that good and bad are defined by him. And that there are eternal and unchangeable absolutes uninfluenced by opinions see god's truth is truth and see he, he doesn't care what you think he doesn't care what the world thinks well you know lord you know we can discuss this one because you know um it doesn't actually have to be the whole truth sometimes it's okay to tell that little white lie no it's, it's uninfluenced by opinions. God's truth is God's truth. There is no ifs, ands, or buts. You cannot argue with God's truth. See, when Paul wrote to the Romans telling them to not be conformed to this world, part of that means not buying into a system of belief that says absolute truth is a myth. But see, as Christians, we know both that there is truth and that it is absolute. You know, trying to live God's way without total belief 
in its validity is like trying to hold your sword up with a belt that isn't continuous. I mean, think about it. Neither will work, right? Our trust in God and his word has to be solid without a break or else we'll quickly find ourselves without a weapon. See, no matter how effective the rest of our armor is, we are useless without our sword because we don't have the belt on. We need to be rightly dividing this word of truth, guys, knowing what we believe and why we believe it. So, I ask you this question. How secure is your belt? Have you ever found, like, when you put on a belt on your jeans, if there is some type of a defect in it, you know, the, I don't know, one of those pins on there that goes into the loop, it's like bent, or it's put on there crooked, when they when they made the belt, when they stitched it, something was off on it. And you're like, doggone it, I can't put this belt on. It becomes useless, right? And you're just like, well, I just spent $20 for this belt, and the buckle is off. It's crooked. They stitched it on crooked. The pen fell out. The little needle that you put into the buckle. It becomes ineffective. And we put so much value on that belt just to even hold our pants up. To put a weapon on it. For those of us that conceal carry or open carry, we need a good strong belt to hold that weapon on there, right? Same thing as with the Roman soldiers. Same thing as with us as Christians to be able to carry God's word with us. One thing wrong with that belt, it becomes useless. So make sure your belt of truth is what you are walking in. That you're not leaning on your own understanding. That you're being like the Bereans and you're testing everything. You're searching out scriptures every day. Lining it up what we hear on TV with these TV pastors, TV prophecies, online prophecies. Or, or prophets, online podcasters that teach the word of God. That sit there and do Bible studies with you. Does it line up with the word of God? And if it doesn't, then we should avoid it. Run from it. Say no, I will not listen to it unless it is truth. Well, I hope this gave you a better explanation of the belt of truth. And the importance of wearing this belt means that we are committed to seeking and living in the truth of God's word, even when it may be difficult or unpopular. And it doesn't matter what this world thinks. We are living in a fearful world and we need a fearless church to stand up and take back the reins that the enemy thinks he has. And with that, have a blessed day, everybody. Peace out. Well, hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast, The Busy Believer. And if you like the episode or think it will be useful for someone else, 
Hey, please give us a review over at podchaser.com forward slash busy believer. And if you have any questions, you can jump on over to Truth Social and follow me at The Busy Believer. And remember, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Isaiah 43.1. Have a blessed day.